You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. I'm here with Sam, and we are recording on Thursday, July 1st. And we're here with guests Sam Packard, a.k.a. Marcus the Worm Hicks on Twitter. And before we even start, I just need a little bit of background on that name. Maybe I'm missing something, but what's what's the Twitter name? What's what's the idea behind it? Uh, have you ever seen the show I Think You Should Leave? Like, it's a sketch no. show on Netflix. Is a very obscure reference to one sketch in there. Uh, I don't expect many people to get it, but I have had a lot of people... DM me and be like starting their DMs with, hey, Marcus. And that's how I immediately know that uh, they don't know who I am. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, I started with a hey, man, because I wasn't sure. So I just wanted to, you know, keep the bases covered. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, we'll jump right into the Celtic stuff. Ime Udoka and Wicker Respect making comments over the past few days. Ime Udoka saying, you know, Marcus Smart's a foundational piece. We love what's going on here. The Jays as well. With Grossbeck saying we want Mark, I mean, sorry, Jason and Jalen to retire as Celtics. Um, this all coming in the midst of everyone saying, oh, should we trade Marcus? Should the Celtics extend Marcus? Like, what's the deal there? I, I just kind of want your thoughts on that core three and where you think it's going in terms of obviously the Jays should be here uh, unless you think Jalen should be traded. But uh, just that core three in their future with the Celtics. Well, I'm not really on the Jalen bandwagon. I think like a lot of people want to like trade him for stars, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of of the thinking like I just like having a homegrown person. I like Jalen as a person and uh, kind of want him to stick around. I like kind of surprised by Wick's comments because that's like a very public commitment to Jalen Brown. I think that's a sign moving forward that he's probably going to stay around and like they see him as a cornerstone. Marcus Smart, like I also. I mean, my my pinned tweet is I love him. I trust him. I'm a big Marcus Smart supporter. I think like he's more likely to be moved just because he he's great, but he's not the high end talent that you uh, kind of need in this league. He's a very solid player and he has kind of that mid range contract. He's up for extension. I, like I know Ime talking about him was very positive, but it's like, what else is he going to say when he's asked directly about Marcus Smart? Like. That one, I feel like he kind of just answered in generic coach speak. And I don't know if it's necessarily like indicative of what's going to happen with Marcus Smart moving forward. Like, I wouldn't be too surprised if Marcus got moved. I think uh, the Marcus thing is so interesting because on one hand, you're absolutely right. Like he was asked that and, you know, he answered accordingly, as you should as the coach. And he really doesn't have any say at the end of the day. I mean, it's up to Brad. But when you get to Brad, um, that's where it gets interesting to me because you have the whole rumor when Kemba was traded that Marcus was too heavily favored. So now Brad's the guy in charge and he was the one that was favoring him so heavily. So I don't know. It's so it's such a tough thing to decipher here. I guess we'll just have to wait, really. <laughs> I mean, Brad always will go on and on about like the intangible stuff and Marcus impacting winning. And like I wouldn't be. The report that like he favored Marcus was not at all surprising. It feels like if you were a head coach and Marcus Smart's on your team, of course you're going to be in love with him. Like he just does all of the effort things that like you want as a head coach. I'm not too surprised by that. I wouldn't be surprised if Brad just had like a soft spot for Marcus Smart. Who wouldn't? 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's tough not to have a, a soft spot for Marcus if you're a Celtics fan. And this kind of leads in uh, to my opinion. I mean, I, I think the, the thing with Marcus is he might be the most valuable tradable asset the Celtics have, which is tough because Tristan Thompson's contract is fine. $9 million, it's not great. Most teams won't want to take that on. Jalen Brown has a big contract, but he's a young piece. But if you're moving him, it would probably be in a larger deal. In terms of pathways for the Celtics to tangibly improve this offseason, you got Marcus Smart, and then you have, what, a $3 million Romeo Langford contract? It's just tough in that sense, which kind of leads me into Wick Grosbeck's comments of, quote-unquote, a busy July or a busy offseason, which the Celtics have ahead of them. Um, obviously, Tristan Thompson's the player most people want to see traded. Do, do you expect him to be gone by the start of next season? I sure hope so. I mean, sheesh, uh, that guy doesn't do anything. I don't expect him to be gone because, like, who wants to pay Tristan Thompson to not spread the floor on offense or not, <laughs> you know, simply roll on a pick and roll? Like, he had, he certainly was better in the playoffs, uh, but, like, I was just constantly kind of disappointed by Tristan Thompson. I mean, I think, like, there's a reason Tice was traded instead of Thompson just because Tice has value and Tristan doesn't. Um, I was confused by what Wick Brosbeck's going to say. Like, I don't know what – it's weird to, like, publicly commit to the top three guys and then say there's also going to be a bunch of moves. Like, what move? I don't get what moves are there to be done or how this roster can really change that much. I'm not, like, a salary cap wizard, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of flexibility. So I'm a little confused by what Wick's saying there. Yeah, yeah. Tristan Thompson, I mean – I was telling Jack, and I think I mentioned this the last pod, it was game three, we we're doing the pregame, and I was like, Jack, like, he, why why would anybody want him around? Then he goes out and absolutely balls out, wins me over, but now it's time for him to go. Because Horford's back in town. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he brings you way more than Thompson does. At the very least, he should get Thompson's minutes, if not start, which is a whole debate in his own, and it's honestly fine either way. Time Lord should get more minutes because he's young. They need him to develop. And Horford is a great mentor to Robert Williams. He was before he was uh, before he left, and now he's back. So I'm excited to see how that helps Time Lord too. You Al Horford guy, Sam? Oh, a huge Al Horford guy. I mean, he's got one of the best eyes in the league. Uh, but also, the guy stretches the floor. Like if you think of like just when the Celtics offense took off. Like, they had those kind of scrappy years with Isaiah Thomas, but then you put Isaiah Thomas with a guy like Al Horford who can pick and pop and, like, allows you to play five out, and all of a sudden Isaiah Thomas is top five in MVP voting. I don't think that's too much of a coincidence. Like, Al Horford, plus you can run so much offense through him at the elbows, like his passing ability. I just, like think he just really unlocks the offense in a way that I don't think the Celtics had last year, um, especially with when Tristan Thompson was in the game. I think... Robert Williams gave you a little bit more of like that vertical spacing uh, that kind of like put a threat on the rim. But if you don't have that, and I don't think Al's body is going to give you any vertical spacing threat, you'd like want someone who can stretch the floor a little bit and give you some space and just make it easier for the stars. Um, and so I'm hoping out like Horford's like body can hold up, but I just, I think he's just a good solid piece that will help the offense. He's going to age like fine wine. His game doesn't need that athleticism, <laughs> like that burst. Like, let's say a Kemba, obviously they play different different positions. But, I mean, he really isn't someone that dominates with athleticism. He's smart, makes good post moves, good facilitator out of the post. It's going to help him a lot. And he can still shoot. So I'm, I'm pumped to have him back. And his sister, For who's sure. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope it's great. Great Twitter personality. But um, going back on Tristan Thompson, you mentioned that there aren't a lot of teams around the league 
who, who might want to take on his contract or have a center who doesn't space the floor. I, I've come up with some trade ideas. Uh, I don't know. Not a, any of them are great returns. I know Sam has one in his mind. I'll let you share that first. Uh, my Sam, sorry, from the Raptors, Sam. It's, it's going to get confusing. You but, can call me Jam um, if you want to. All right, I'll call, you, I'll call you Jam. There you go. So, Sam, who, there's one guy you have your eye on in, in the trade market, right? Of course. Uh, okay, would you Rondo. like to explain? Makes about the same as Tristan Thompson. I think it would work. Celtics need some kind of point guard, whether they want a backup or a starter. I mean, I don't know if he could start anymore, but he certainly was helpful a little bit in the playoffs for the Clippers. They sat him in the last couple of series, but he'll make an impact for you for sure. He's a playoff player. It would be interesting. Plus, he could mentor Pritchard a little bit, teach him to facilitate a bit more. Um, I mean, he, he would be a good mentor to all the guys, really. He's one in Boston teach the Jays about that, what the tradition means, if they even need to learn that. They've been here long enough. But it would be nice to have somebody that's won a title with the Celtics on the team, for sure, at the, at the very least, instead of having Thompson with his Kardashian girlfriend, <laughs> wife, whatever. You know, I mean, <laughs> not shooting, yeah. taking hook shots and not passing out of offensive rebounds. I mean, yeah. I think it's a good idea. I mean, I think there like is a need for a backup point guard. I like Rondo's history with the team. He's clearly just like one of the smarter players around. The only thing that worries me about trading Tristan Thompson, and I know I just kind of slandered him, is with Rob Williams' uh, kind of like injury history, and we just talked about Al Horford maybe not holding up, uh, like you want to have some sort of center depth, and I, ideally it wouldn't be Tristan Thompson. I don't know if Taco Fall is really ready to do that, but there needs to be someone in that role. Not big on but, Moses Brown? Not big on Moses Brown? I mean, he had, I've seen one game and he put up 20 and 20 in the first half. So like I have to be, but then I also like yeah. talked to some thunder people and they were like, Oh, as soon as the people figured out that he's, uh, you just have to put a body on him and he's not good anymore. That was a little concerning. So to be honest, in, when I was talking, I forgot completely about Moses Brown, but I guess that <laughs> indicates how, what I think about him as a, as a backup big. That's fair. You just have to yeah. put a body on him and he's no longer effective. That it's not great. <laughs> But not, I don't know. No. He's, he can definitely learn. I mean, he's similar build and athleticism. Maybe not super athletic like Rob Williams, but similar game to Williams at the very least. Taller. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Third third big guy role might not be bad for him. He's okay. Robert Williams insurance is the way that I put it. If Robert yeah. Williams gets hurt, if he ends up, you know, being too injured to give the extension that he would want, you have Moses Brown there, another young center that can be somewhat of a project while Al starts. But um, the other two ideas I had bring back significantly less value. I know for Sam and Jam, I don't know what you think, but Tristan Thompson for Rodney Hood is another one. The Raptors need a big man. Aaron Baines wasn't great. They have Chris Boucher. Tristan Thompson's from Canada. Rodney Hood doesn't really, you know, fit what they're doing. I would say they're going in a younger direction. The other one, uh, Tristan Thompson to the Hornets for Jalen McDaniels in a second round pick. They need a center. They don't have any. I mean, Bismack isn't doing anything. Cody Zeller's not doing much. Jalen McDaniels is a nice young piece for them, but uh, in terms of players they can give away, he's probably at the top of the list instead. So uh, those are the other two ideas you had. I don't know if, what you think about those, but if they're looking to trade Tristan Thompson, those are the most realistic destinations I thought of. Uh, are there any other ideas you had, or what do you think of those? Um, I like the Jan- Jalen McDaniels uh, idea. My like, good friend is actually assistant coach for the Hornets and works with Jalen and is like pretty big on him and thinks he has like a big opportunity to kind of like take a leap next year. So I think that's just like a good type of player to kind of you just bring in when like he's got a uh, smallish contract and you can kind of uh, just see what you have with him. Rodney Hood's like I just 
a little bit like I don't know if we really want to bring in another wing at this point because yeah. you have Romeo, you have Neesmith. Like ideally those guys would be getting the bulk of the minutes. Um and uh I don't know. I for some reason uh I just have like a rational dislike of Rodney Hood, probably when he played for the Cavs against the Celtics, but um Fair. that's my other thing is just like there's there seems to be a lot of players on the wing. I think they need if they need depth, it's gonna be at big or point guard. But I love I love the creativity of trying to get Justin Thompson out of town. Like that's the kind of a creative <laughs> thinking that we need. I think that's perfect. Or just spitballing. I mean anything. We'll take anything. <laughs> get him somewhere else. Get him somewhere else. But uh that that leads me to the idea of a Marcus Smart trade, right? Obviously you said you'd rather have him on the team, or I know at least Sam was, Jam, I don't know exactly your opinion, but I, I would have to assume you appreciate his uh his hustle or whatever. But like I said, he's probably one of the best assets you have to make a trade. Are there any Marcus Smart trade ideas you've seen or had that you would be willing to do? Uh, or, or do you think just extending him and keeping him as part of the core is the best option for the Celtics? I mean, I only have dumb ideas. Like the Dame rumors came out and I was like, oh, Marcus Smart and Al Horford's contract worked perfectly with Dame's. <laughs> and like, that's never going to happen. I just don't know. Like, I feel like Marcus Smart's a very good piece to put around Jalen and Jason. Like, he's very good defensively on the perimeter. He can knock down three-pointers. It feels like you want that three. And, like, if you're trying to build around the core of the two Js, a, like, all-defense type guy to guard the other team's best guard and a guy who can knock down threes and who's gotten better at knocking, like, shooting threes his entire career, feels like the type of piece you would want. And so I don't think necessarily, like, trading him – unless you can get a star is in the best interest of the team. Like sure. If you can get somehow swindle the trailblazers into giving you Dane, then like, yeah, do it. But uh, I don't think that's likely. And I just, so if it's just Marcus smart, I don't know what like piece you're getting back. That's going to be a better fit around the Jays than um, what Marcus is right now. That's usually what I tell Jack, or at least something like that is if you're giving up Marcus, a lot of the trades that Jack draws, up work financially and for the other team and probably for the Celtics in theory but realistically you're not going to get anything more than a lateral move out of that and that's at the very best because Marcus brings you so many things that I mean it's uh cliche to say it doesn't come up on the stat sheet but he is more rare of a player than anybody that you are going to get in return and that's extremely valuable, especially because it's defensive. You know, I mean, you can have rare players like Taco that aren't valuable. But, yeah, his his <laughs> yeah. defensive um, mentality and his intensity are very valuable. And I, I struggled to part ways with that mm-hmm. in my head. Yeah, that's fair. I, I usually get slandered when I bring up Marcus Smart trade ideas. But I'm going to do so anyways. Because the Brogdon bold, one is fine. It's a bold uh, <laughs> take to have. I like the, I like the willingness to go there. Yeah. Uh, number one, you just heard Sam say it. Malcolm Brogdon is a guy I would look at. There have been these weird rumblings that they might want to trade him. I don't know why. I have no idea. But, hey, I, I run with it. Marcus Smart uh, pieces for Brogdon. You know, I think he'd be a great point guard. His efficiency numbers are certainly more ideal for that position. He's a, I don't know if he, you want to say better playmaker, but he's pro- he's shown that he can be a better playmaker uh, when given the opportunity. Um, another one, Kobe White, for some reason, they might not commit to him. Marcus Smart would pair perfectly next to Zach Levine uh, in that backcourt. Um, Colin Sexton trade is something else I might explore. If the Cavs do want to go in another direction for some reason, you could have a package there. Uh, and lastly, putting Marcus Smart next to Lusa, Luca sorry, in his hometown of Dallas, getting back. I know my brother sent me something like Josh Richardson and Jalen Brunson in a pick. 
maybe or maybe even a little less. Uh, those are the four, you know, kind of ideas I've had. Um, what do you think? You know, I'm just trying to get some feedback. Sam usually shits on them, but I, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think. Well, well, no, I mean, I wouldn't shit on them. I think the players that you mentioned, Brogdon, <laughs> Sexton, yeah. eh, maybe not so much Kobe White, but those two guys are quality players, really. Like getting them back, especially Sexton is someone that brings defensive intensity like Marcus does. Yeah, it's fine. But I mean, one's like the Dallas one where, I mean, you said even less than what you proposed. I mean, it's not worth it. That one's tough, yeah. I think I like the Sexton um, and Kobe White ideas just because you get them still on their rookie contracts. And so, like, the Brogdon thing is interesting, but then are you just paying Brogdon more than you would end up paying Smart? The extension for Smart's very interesting. It's like, what number can you get him at? Like, Mm -hmm. if you give him four years, can you get him at, like, something around $15 a year? Like, I... I have never am very good at projecting contracts or anything like that, but it's very interesting to see like how you build the contract, like contracts moving forward, because you're going to pay Jason the max. You're going to pay Jalen near the max. And Danny Ainge deserves some credit for getting Jalen to sign that underneath the max, but you just want to keep that flexibility. And so like, if I were to trade Marcus smart, I like the idea of trading him for someone who's young, still on like a kind of a rookie contract. So you can, when Horford's money comes off the books, you have kind of that maximum flexibility to go get someone. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily trade him for someone as expensive uh, as Brogdon. That's a good yeah. point. I, I didn't even think about the money. I never mm-hmm. do. That, that's why I brought up Kobe White in part. And Not our money. Like, <laughs> that's exactly, right. Exactly. He averaged like, well, I think 15 and four, 15 and five last season. So Kobe White's not a bad young prospect, especially if you put him in the situation where he can start because he was coming off the bench at the end of last year, which I, I don't really understand why Chicago is trying to rush this with the Vucevic trade. That's We don't have to get into that. Chicago confuses me from Jim Boylan on. So whatever they want to do, they can do. But um, I had something else I wanted to bring up as well, but I'm I'm blanking at the moment. So I, I, I suppose we can uh, just move on to the next thing I, I had to talk about, which is, you know, Free agency, obviously this... Oh, what I was going to say. Sorry, I'm I'm all over the place. The reason I bring up Dallas was because I feel like they're one of the teams who could overpay for Marcus Smart. You know, he's from Dallas. Putting him next to Luka is probably one of the best backcourts they can envision next to him since Luka, you know, doesn't have to preserve nearly as much energy uh, on the defensive end or spend as much energy. And they'll have cap space if they don't... Obviously, they have to resign Tim Hardaway Jr., but if they do... You know, trade Porzingis. I don't know when his, you know, deal is up or whatever. They could have cap space next season. They could overpay for Marcus. So trading him there ahead of time, getting back Brunson Richardson in a first might be worth it for Brad Stevens if he thinks he's going to end up signing there anyways. But realistically, like you said, Jim, it's just a matter of what Marcus Smart is willing to take with the Celtics. I know, Sam, you always bring up a hometown discount. How realistic do we think that is? Which Sam are you talking to? I thought I was jammed now. Oh, so I was leaving sorry, it for the sorry, other guy. My, my fault, my fault. <laughs> Uh, Jam, Sam, always I, I up always the think idea. Of yeah, there we go. There we go. So what do you think? Do you think he'll be willing to take a hometown discount? You could argue he took a little bit of a discount last time he signed an extension. So it's a matter of what you think he'll be willing I to take. I think if there's anyone who might do it, it's Marcus Smart. I think he feels like he has like a very solid place in this organization. It's the only organization he's ever known and like kind of loyalty to Brad. I also think like it's very cliche to talk about impacting winning, but – like him taking a hometown discount would be the ultimate impact in winning. Like if he shows that understanding of a, like we need you to take a little bit less money and it's completely not fair to Marcus smart to do that. Like he deserves to get as much money as he wants, but I feel like he's the type of like just 
person who would acknowledge like, oh, I like my situation. I like this team. Maybe I don't need all of that money. And like, maybe it helps our team get better moving forward. I think it's a possibility, um, especially if you gave him like four years, if, like if you gave him kind of um, the max number of years you could get him, it's like you could, uh, it could happen. But I just don't know like what the market is. I think it's a good thing that he's not a free agent this year because a bunch of teams have cap space. And I feel like if you saw it this year, people are throwing crazy numbers at Marcus Smart. I don't know what the cap situation is going to be uh, in the following offseason. But again, I just like don't know what his market is. Probably it's like around the Fred Van Vliet contract where like the Raptors were able to get him, what, four years, 85. And so I think if you can get him for that, it's pretty good. But then immediately you have $80 million, $80, $90 million tied up in just the top three players and just makes it harder moving forward. Yeah, it's absolutely hard to, you know, budget a team. And I'm with you. I think he, well, I mean, obviously, that's that's how we got here. But I I am big (laughs) on him taking the hometown discount. I think he really likes being in Boston. And I don't think it's, it's crazy how, like, a lot of guys around the league don't acknowledge that it is important to take pay cuts, whether it's the top guys or not, if you really want to win. I mean, you always hear, you know, this guy doesn't have enough help. That guy doesn't have enough help, but yeah, but like he could be helping himself. Not that Marcus is ever one of those guys. I don't know. I I think I think he would do it. I also would have told you that Horford would have done it, and I still think he would have if he knew what was going on. If he knew Kemba was coming and he knew he he would have done it. I I that still blows my mind that like Kem Al Horford was asked like, did you know Kemba was gonna come? He's just like, no. No idea. It's like uh. the Celtics didn't communicate that at all to you. I know it's like it was probably a different order of events, but like you think that might have like been part of the free agent pitch to Al's like we can give you less money, but we are replacing our one superstar point guard with another star point. Guard. Like it's just wild to me that it's like Al Horford was completely dumbfounded that the Celtics went out and got Kemba. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part is he was brutal. like, yeah, like I totally would have played like I would have came back too. <laughs> like he said that uh. while on another team, that's like unheard of you never hear anything like that in the nba guys never you don't you don't hear that no that's rough and i think that would have probably made the celtics better i mean i don't even think it's arguable i think they would have been a better team without horford there uh but i think they would have won back i i yeah take it in my grave i think they would have won a title because they handled the lakers (laughs) in boston and they really should have taken them out in la too i don't know i think and they would have for sure beat Miami if they had Horford. So I think they would have had a good chance to win last year if they had him. Yeah. Tough scenes in the bubble. But, but I'm massive. <laughs> massive. Uh, yeah, that, that's rough. But uh, moving on to the next thing, I know you got to get out of here relatively soon, Jam. So uh, I want to get to two more short topics. And I know Sam has a couple questions as well. Um, Celtics don't have a first round draft pick this year. There's always the chance they trade up, but they do have 45. Um, and this is arguably one of the best draft classes in, in a long time, according to a lot of people. So do you have any guys you're looking at for the 45th pick? Have you not really gotten into it? I know I have a couple ideas, but I'm wondering what you think. I know nothing about the draft. I just am not a college <laughs> basketball person. And to target someone at the 45th pick is outrageous <laughs> to me. I know, like, I'm just learning about the top 10 guys. So gotcha. uh, you tell me who I should be looking out for because we, we I, got, so I got man. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did this last week. Sam's got no idea. Yeah, either, I just so sit I'm, here. 
I, I mean, obviously, Bones Highland impressed at the combine. He's probably elevated himself into the first. Wait, round, his name is Bones Highland. His name is Nashawn Highland, but they call him Bones because he's so skinny. So his name is just Bones. Oh Highland. damn it! I thought it was just Bones because he was no. like badass. <laughs> just because he's skinny, that's a little bit less cool of a nickname. But uh, he's I think I saw Tom Westerholm tweeting about him recently, and he's yeah. a big draft guy. So Tom was uh, big on Sadiq Bay last year, and. Yep. Uh, so maybe he knows what he's talking about there. So I'm also the name <laughs> Bones Highland, man. That's badass. Yeah, sign me up. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's, he's a beast. He's a beast. Uh, Miles McBride, uh, he got compared to Kyle Lowry. He's six, like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, he's, he's good on defense. He can pass. Uh, I really like Jason Preston, though. He played for Ohio. Not Ohio State, Ohio. So it's a little weird. He averaged, I think, like 15, 7, and 7 as a 6'4 point guard in college. He passes really well, had a great combine, so he's another guy near the top of my list. A.J. Lawson, I like Quentin Grimes as a bucket. There's just names I've gone over in my, you know, little scouting. But do you we do don't a have to full you. 60 uh, pick mock draft? Oh, God. Uh, I haven't yet. I did. I don't think it's out yet, but I wrote an article. It's like a 20-person big board for the Celtics at 45. So I like, I like the draft. That's uh, wild. I'll, I'll... I love you draft guys, man. <laughs> you guys get so far into it and just become upset like – draft twitter was so upset with the celtics last year for like not taking desmond bain and it's just like i hadn't even oh, heard yeah. of him but people I, were furious <laughs> and i love how much you guys just like yeah. dive into it that's I, that's wild <laughs> i wrote about sadiq bay i wrote about desmond bain and i wrote about aaron neesmith last year for the celtics at 14 so they got they got one of the guys but uh, i was disappointed to see them not taking bain but um I, pritchard was nowhere on my radar if that means anything so i'm, I'm impressed he I'm, uh, has turned out the way he did I'm literally like the dude you see on TV at the drafts, so and like they're just kind of sitting there, and then the picks made. And they're like, yeah, and they don't have no idea who it is, but <laughs> we support them immediately. We have all allegiances to this guy, unless you're a Knicks fan and you just boo who. Yeah, then they're draft immediately. Yeah, <laughs> brutal, brutal. I, I mean, Porzingis turned out well for them quickly. They, they actually don't have that bad draft picks outside Por, of uh, Porzingis was like the one they were the most pissed with. You had Michael Rappaport <laughs> make the video, which is still yeah. hilarious to this day to me. Wasn't there like a four-year-old like crying? Being yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like, what do you yeah. know? Jamal. It was brutal. <laughs> this it is why tough. I tell you, Jack, Knicks fans deserve nothing. Strong <laughs> and You, were, you yeah. were hyping them up. You were like, oh, they've been through so I much. Like their the pricks. No, I like they the don't team. deserve I like, anything. I like Julius Randle, sue me, but yeah. No, you can like the fans. team, but Knicks fans being like, yo, basketball's finally good again. Like, basketball's only good when the garden is going. And then all these people come out of the, like, oh, haven't garden. rooted for the Knicks in 15 years. They're all of a sudden, like, cheering them at, oh, don't get me started on Knicks so fans. They're so they infuriating. <laughs> I mean, hey, Trey Young's doing big things now. It sucks that he was hurt last game, but hopefully, hopefully he's back tonight. <laughs> um. Uh, anyways, the 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 final thing I had to bring up, actually, before that even, Will Hardy and Damon Stoudemire. Uh, this is news since last time. Reportedly, Ime uh, Udoka is recruiting them to be on his staff. I, I like the move. I want your quick thoughts on that before the last thing I had to bring up, if if that's okay. Uh, Jam, do you like Will Hardy, Damon Stoudemire? Any issues with either of them? I like the idea of Damon Stoudemire. Like, I don't know. It's very hard to evaluate coaches. Uh, like, I just, mm -hmm. especially assistant coaches. So I really, it's difficult for me to uh, kind of try to assess how they are. Like, you hear a bunch of good things about Will Hardy. Like, he was on the Team USA team, I think, as well, uh, with Jalen, Jason, and Marcus. And, like, everyone has great things to say about him. And so I think that uh, makes sense. I like, I think I just like the idea of, uh, Yudoka bringing in his own guys like I think there needs to be somewhat of a just a 
I don't know if it's like a culture shift, but just like new voices uh, in the locker room and just like providing different perspectives. And I just think it's like kind of awkward if Ime's brought in and then he's just like ha- retains all of Brad's staff. And so I think if Ime wants those guys, I think it makes sense to kind of, uh, I don't want to say clean house, but definitely like uh, just get new perspectives in there uh, just to, you know, I think pe- like coaches just run stale after a while. Eventually you're sick of hearing the same things. And so I like both of those ideas. Um, Isaiah Thomas was supportive of David Stoudemire idea. He tweeted about it. So, you know, if, if IT likes it, I'm fine with it. Yeah, he's I mean, sure. he like models game after him and stuff like that. I I think it might be good for Pritchard too. I mean, he's not super small. I think he's like yep. six two, but he looks small when he's out there. So, and he could be. It's always good to have guys with experience around just to you know give pointers things like that. For sure, for sure. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up before we got into Sam's questions is uh, free agency. Obviously, Celtics don't have a ton of money. They might have the MLE. They definitely have room for minimum contracts. Are there any guys you've took taken a look at, or is it just, you know, whoever they get, they get? I brought up the idea of, you know, Patty Mills, Austin Rivers, James Ennis, Alex Caruso, just basic guys you can get for cheap. Uh, are there any names you had in mind, or are you just waiting to see what they do? I'm waiting to see what they do. I like the idea of bringing in – oh, no, I'm not going to go with Alex Caruso after he got arrested for He's a, a week. criminal. I know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, don't want true. that kind of bad seed on the team. Um <laughs> I don't know. It's like an interesting free agent class where there's just like not a lot of top end uh, talent. And so I don't know how I, I don't know how much money they're going to have and like who they're going to be able to afford. It's like turns out you can just get a veteran point guard who can just come in and be amazing like campaign and Reggie Jackson. So maybe just although I don't know, they tried that with Jeff Teague last year and it did not work. So brutal. Um, brutal. <laughs> I think just like the like Patty Mills would be great, but I don't know if they can uh, afford him necessarily. I think they're going to have to get some guys on like some vet minimums. Some guys were just tough. Like I think they should really value toughness. That's one of the things that I think the team really lacked last year was just toughness, swagger, like uh, willingness to kind of punch back. And if you can get some kind of a veteran presence in there to do so, I think that's good. But I also think like the rotation is pretty set. Uh, especially if they bring back Fournier, which I would anticipate them doing at this point. I don't know if there's like a lot more minutes uh, around. And so I don't know if you need to bring in like a high end player. I think you're just more like trying to get like little spots and pieces there. Um, so there's no one I have specifically in mind, but uh, a veteran with some with some toughness, what I think is the ideal fit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I brought up the idea of Austin Rivers. I think he'd be a good fit. He might garner more minutes elsewhere, so he might lean to another team. But uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of all those guys. Again, Alex Crusoe, criminal, we do not endorse. But uh, past that, anything they decide to bring on board, I'll be happy with. And I know uh, before you get out of here, Sam has just a couple questions quickly to ask that he usually asks. So go ahead, Sam. It has been a while since we've had a first-time guest on the show. So uh, every time we have a first-time guest, Sam, uh, we have – I have quite and Jack chimes in at the end with questions, just fan questions. So um, do you have a favorite piece of Celtics memorabilia you might have, whether it's an autograph, ticket stub, Jersey, um, any poster? Marcus Smart bobblehead doll. That's just the Celtics just announced that they're like, uh, they're doing NFTs. That's the original NFT. No one else has this Marcus (laughs) Smart bobblehead doll. NFTs are so dumb. They are very dumb. Oh, are they dumb? It's very. Jackson uh, on them insane false scarcity and it's nonsense um but this was supposed to be released in the pandemic year and then uh basically they only brought these back last year when there's like four thousand fans so i don't think many people have one of these 
And um, I'm not a big collector guy, but I do like Marcus Smart and the fact that not a lot of other people have it. So that, I think, was my favorite memorabilia. That's yeah, dope. I'm super jealous. I saw I saw one of the games where they did that, and I had went like the day before, and they didn't do anything. So I was super pissed. I was so jealous. <laughs> Next question is, um, do you have a favorite memory regarding the Celtics uh, in-game moment? It can be really anything, small things, big wins, whatever. A lot of people will say the double charges Marcus took against oh, Houston. You took it right out of my mouth. Yeah, I was there. There you go. Sitting on the baseline. You were there? Yeah. Man. It was freaking awesome. It was like probably the craziest the garden's ever been. Like I've been there for. Uh, that was the one that first immediately popped into my mind. Um, that was insane. Uh, I like just. It was really like the comeback was wild, and then for Marcus Smart just to do that twice in a row uh, was fantastic. It was just pandemonium. Uh, that had to be my favorite memory against Harden, who's the absolute worst. I don't know how you feel about him. <laughs> I cannot stand him. He he might be my least favorite. If Kyrie had no connection to the Celtics, I would dislike him the most out of all three of those guys, by far. <laughs> I, I hate the way he plays. I hate the fa- falling down on the jump shots. I don't like the way he left Houston. I think they should have sent him to Detroit. I really do. Because they didn't get anything anyways. They got nothing. They should they got have a bunch of 28, it, like, picks their enemy 28th and 20th. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing. I'm I'm furious that they didn't, like, screw him over. Like, they should have sent him somewhere he had no intention of wanting to be. Uh, so next question usually is, what's your favorite in-person moment that you got to witness? But... You were fortunate enough to get the double charges. So I'll let Jack take it away. Then we can get you out of here. Yeah. So the last thing I usually ask is I'm a big Jersey guy. Obviously I'm, I'm not home right now. These aren't my jerseys, but uh, I have a ton of Celtics jerseys. I've fallen off a little bit, but I had the entire team last year, like all the way down to Poirier. So a uh, big guy. Oh, Vinny Sexpants jersey. Wow. I did. That's, that's I commitment. Did. So I was wondering, do you have a favorite Celtics jersey or do you are you a collection guy? Like, what's your favorite jersey that you got? I'm not a big jersey guy because, frankly, I just don't have the body confidence to show off my arms like that. But <laughs> you got a T-shirt underneath. That's what yeah, I, I do. I, I rock the sweatshirt underneath in the wintertime, yeah. that kind of stuff. So. Hang them up. So, yeah. F- favorite jersey is the question we got. <laughs> I got a bunch of, like, the jerseys. And so yeah. um, – I have some like really random ones that like my brother would get me. It's just like kind of a bit like I have a fab mellow one that just always kind of people are like, what the hell is that? Um, I have Horford. I have a Jay Crowder one. Uh, but I think my favorite one is my uh, Yabu Sele. Um, uh, that's a good one to have. I miss, I miss the miss Yabu. That's who I would take with the 45th pick in the draft is just bring back Yabu. Bring <laughs> back the bow and arrow dab. Uh, yeah, bring back that fantastic dumper. Like that's that's what I need on this Celtics team. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. We all miss Yabu uh every day of the week. So uh, Real Madrid yeah, thank you. Yabu now. Real Madrid. There you go. And He's a win, champion. Like, they won yeah, the championship, yeah. Champion too. Uh what a beast. What a beast. Jay Crowder, uh soon to be champion, hopefully too, as well. That'd be fire if the Man, Suns are, are you, in the are you rooting for the Suns? Or, I don't who, know if I'm rooting for the Suns. I think I was rooting for the Bucks at this point. I like I like Giannis, and I think it'd be nice for him to win. I think yep. it'd be really funny if Chris Paul like got to his first finals and then fucked it up, and then like it's <laughs> it's like really on a platter for him right now with Trey and Giannis being hurt. Like the Suns absolutely should win, and I think now that they're the favorites, I'd like them a little bit less. Yeah. But I would I would like uh like I've always liked Jay Crowder. I think it would be cool for him to get a win, but. I don't know. It's very interesting. I have no idea what's going to happen in this Eastern Conference now that these two guys are hurt. Um, but yeah. I think I would root for either Eastern Conference team just because it would be wild if the Hawks like were in it. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think just, it'd be even funnier if Chris Paul made it there and then lost to Trey Young. I think that'd be elite. If, if Trey Young came back and Chris Paul lost him, uh, it'd be so funny. But anyways, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can follow uh, Sam on Twitter at Jam Packard. Is there anything you want to say before we let you go here? I appreciate you for your time. No, man, this was fun. Uh, happy to come back. This is fake. This is great. Awesome. awesome. Th- thank you so much. You guys can follow me at Jack Simone NBA. Follow us at Bannertown USA and Sam per usual. Wrap us up. Yeah. So make sure you follow Sam on Twitter. Both of us. Uh, it's it's very rare I run into another Sam. So when I do, <laughs> where we stick together. Um, you can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA. You can follow Bannertown at Bannertown USA. By the way, Jack putting out a banger tweet yesterday. A thousand plus likes. It's sixteen hundred <laughs> yeah. plus likes. Blew up my phone all day. Um, You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's our show for today. Bye.